Welcome to Injection Magazine's Weekly Injection, a podcast we like to discuss both conventional and unconventional topics within society, with new episodes out every single Friday. Hi guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Weekly Injection, brought to you by Injection Magazine. Today is a very special episode as I am joined with Omar's perspective from Cash Corp. So Omar, would you like to tell me about what it is that you do and what it is that Cash Corp is? My name is Omar Yusuf. Omar's perspective, I would say, is my actual stage name, really, I guess. <laughs> I'm a part of Cash Corp, so Cash Corp is split up into different things but essentially I would say it's a lifestyle brand we create content within music film and fashion and now we're going into producing a label and we signed the artists ourselves so what got you into that into all the creative music fashion being is there anything that you can sort of pinpoint it down to or Visual, visual representation, I would say that's kind of one of them. It was a main thing for me. The first thing that I watched that I feel like lots of people probably my age that watched that saw people our age was mm-hmm. like Kiddlehood. You get like Kiddlehood was something uh, like that I watched and I was like, wow, okay. So there's a possibility of producing content and having people just like me and my friends and do something. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what it was. And then when I started thinking about it more deeper, I was like, I'm being influenced by everything that I look at, everywhere that I go, everything. Like everything that you choose to selectively intake, those are your influences, whether you like it or not. You don't even realise it, but <laughs> you sort of say you're creating a certain preference to all the things that you like. And, and that's what intrigued me. I wanted to be able to produce content that could intrigue people to potentially want to do the same thing. Yeah, that was my goal. And then, yeah, I studied film. That comes from my film background. And then at the same time, I was always in music. So I was a part of an artist management agency. And then that company Mm -hmm. took over Trap Nation. So I started doing some work for them as well. I started ignoring work there. So that's where it kind of first started. And then from then, I met so many different brands and connected off doing my own thing that I was like, okay, I finished finished university now. As all me and my friends were all together doing different things in industry, we just thought, why don't we just do something together? And then where Hass and other Cash Corp member as well, SD, created Cash Corp and then put us all together. Yeah, no, that's really cool, actually. I know definitely what you mean about, like, your influences. I think so many times when I talk about how I am now, I always think about what I was watching when I was younger or, like what I did back in school all the like silly stuff and it literally it shapes everything you do all your mannerisms and everything completely 100% 100% like you'll be acting goofy and that's your humor at times because of a particular character you used to watch and you really relate to and it's like wait what how did I relate to a character so much and how it had that much of an effect on me that like when I watched it I only cared about what that character did (laughs) do you see what I'm saying like that's why like you see what I'm saying that's where you me you can see someone's put time and effort into what they've created Mm -hmm. I think as well the people I grew up with who I'm still really close with now we're all the exact same I think for that reason too which is so crazy and that's why we all bounce off each other so easily because we all just grew up together yeah so definitely and especially in the sense of like cash corp and wanting to be that influence for somebody else as well is that what you say you'd want to be with Cash Corp maybe not be that influence but like have have that influence 
yeah to a degree it's well for me i want to be able to create content that i would actually watch because like okay from when we created the shows um the session i think we all as a collective was like okay so we go to studio sessions all the time and we understand so for example somebody that might be a not great singer we hear those dry vocals when prior to the auto tune comes on and then we hear it then getting mixed and then we hear again you get it? we hit we see that process so often so we understand yeah mm-hmm. it's kind of like when i don't know if it's i forgot who it is i don't know if it's genius but they yeah. do a rundown with the producers yeah. and they go through like everything and it's crazy do you see what i'm saying so it's like you see a full breakdown and then mm-hmm. i was like okay so many people when they hear somebody sing they just assume like oh my god so how does he do that like they don't understand that process or even a rapper like they might really like a rapper but they don't understand how oh the creative how did everything get put together do you see what i'm saying that was the main purpose of that show as well it was like it was a form of education while also uniting a scene of us like that was kind of the main goal of it that's so cool though because you are literally getting to do like what you wanted to do and with all your friends too which is so good to be able to say that you can do that so yeah what would you say that maybe your core values within cash core bar okay so we have a few slogans in it but one of our one of our first slogans was count stack hustle in it now that's it's so cringy yeah <laughs> if you think about it yeah but it like it's a very simple premise it's like if you remain silent so for example you you work you do things like you do all of these different things different ventures but there must be a time when you're not putting content out but if you're not doing that you're quiet working to eventually put content out do you see what i'm saying and that's kind of the process don't get stuck in anyone else's lane if you stick in your own lane and you do you eventually you see what i'm saying like you'll get the results yeah I think that's a big thing I think definitely in like the creative industries as well something I've noticed is that everyone kind of just feels like they're constantly competing against each other and sometimes you feel reliant on I need that connection or I need to help I need to work with that person or I need like once you feel like you're relying on a particular individual that's when I feel like things always go left like you always have to be reliant on just yourself you do you and eventually you'll connect the dots. It's kind of like that thing where, you know, everyone says that if it's meant to be, it'll be. And I think, you know, as we were saying, like, especially in the creative industries, everything's so competitive that it's so easy to feel that you're in competition with everybody. 100%. And then as soon as you see somebody get, you know, this opportunity or someone's got in contact with this person and you're kind of like, why wasn't that me? And then it just feels so competitive and it's so easy to get sidetracked by that. And you can spend so much time kind of feeling like super shit about it or wondering. I'm feeling stuck. Yeah, like wondering why it wasn't you and then kind of focusing too much on that, that you kind of lose sight of your own vision. You waste too much time. Like if you focus on someone else's grass, like your grass ain't going to get any greener. Like simple. Mm -hmm. So how did Cash Corp start? (laughs) This is a funny story. Okay, so Cash Corp started off with four members. Now there are six members. So originally, Hass and um, and SD, so he's a producer and one of, uh, like I said, also part of Cash Corp. And Hass, Rare Hass, um, also is a graphic designer, VHS videographer. He's a model, like he does everything. Like he's mm-hmm. one of the most creative people I know. Um, but basically, those two wanted to create a clothing brand. And with this brand, they also wanted to create a label and, and other ventures, for example. But at the time, they 
knew what to do, but they also wanted to bring other people on board that they knew. And we all basically live on the same road. Oh my god! Like, yeah, so like, you see what I'm saying? Like, anyway, so, um, so mm-hmm. we've literally um, he brought me and Rose on board because Rose did AMRing and so did I. He comes from a musical background, so do I. So it's like it only made sense for certain things, and we're older than him as well by like two, three years. So it's like all know what we're doing in different things. So it's like let's come together and do something. So when we are, I would say the first. We, we did loads of shoots and stuff with loads of different brands, but I'd say the first big thing that we did was we was we were contacted by a radio station to do a, a radio show, basically. And um, it was sponsored by Belair and Ciroc. And essentially, they wanted us to create a show on their platform. So we did that for like a year. So yeah, in 42 shows and live episodes, we had 37 guests we interviewed most of the scene like we imagine you filming interviews we filmed all of those interviews mind you but not being able to put them out so for us we felt like we had just wasted a year and then we just deeped it like one second we're sourcing every interview ourselves we're filming every interview ourselves we're bringing photographers to do everything ourselves so one second we're doing everything ourselves so why don't we just create our own platform ourself you see what I'm saying so that's what essentially the next step was with the session because it's like we we always said we was going to produce a label but what was the steps to producing that label and we said okay let's work with loads of different artists in the scene let's bring loads of different clothing brands in the scene let's put them all together and we created the session and then we're going to distribute it on our label put the tape out on our label, put the music videos out on our label, do promo promo on our label. And then you see what I'm saying? And then it just, that was just, it just made the necessary steps. It just made sense. It was kind of like your like light bulb moment when you realized that you were doing those 42 episodes that you were just producing all by yourselves. And you kind of like, why am I doing this for someone else? Especially when we're filming it and we're like, for me, communication is very important. There was at times where I had, I'd, I had turned away like particular artists and I was so embarrassed. I was, so they had like a weird rule that if you was any part, if you was half, basically you had to be there half an hour prior. Regardless, whatever situation, you had to be half an hour prior. And the artist couldn't find the location and the artist is a very big artist. So obviously I was on the streets trying to find him. <laughs> I'm like, where you going? <laughs> like, but for him for me to then have to turn him away is so embarrassing you see what I'm saying all of those steps just built me up to the point and it's just like yeah let's just leave and everyone agreed yeah you see what I'm saying so it just made sense that's crazy it shows that cash court came from such you know organic route like you you know you're all friends you all knew each other to begin with yeah there's more to the story I actually <laughs> forgot so while we was on the radio radio so Ty which has been a friend of mine uh we went to high school together he DJs yeah. as well so when we needed the DJ for the radio station it just made sense you see what I'm saying then we met a girl there called Kessie so Kessie used to handle all the logistics there at the radio station and then she would implicate that like there was some sort of rivalry between us and them purely on the basis that we could do everything ourselves compared to other people on the platform that had to ask for help and then we deeped it that she lived basically in a, 
like so close to us as well and that her family knew Rose's family do you see what I'm saying like they both like so it was it was like everyone that was with us all made sense like everyone yeah it just made sense <laughs> I think that's how like the best things happen though purely like completely organically yeah. and it, everything just seems right at the yeah. time like nothing's forced 100%, everything just 100%. seems to fit and then obviously, you know, from then, you know, it doesn't even, even like seem like work yes. if you're just all yeah, if you, yeah, together, yeah. which is a great thing. And it's so rare these days too. I think especially in the music industry as well with the bigger labels and whatever, I think, you know, yeah. with so much focus being on like numbers and stuff like that, obviously it's important, but having that, being able to actually enjoy your work as well. But that's the thing. If you don't set yourself certain goals, yeah, mm-hmm. you will become complacent and when you become complacent I feel like that's where you see the friendship thing like yeah that's where it's like your friendships in jeopardy like in jeopardy is like oh my god guys what are we doing Let's doing things for no reason Do you see what I'm saying yeah <laughs> but when you have set goals that you're achieving and everyone's happy that's what that's the best it's impressive you guys work together so well because I've worked with friends before and I think there's always that boundary because you know each other so well and you're friends you think you can get away with stuff easier because it's like oh it's fine like they won't care about it it's not like yes yes, being like someone someone else so no but it's so good that you work together you said that um you came from like a music background and Wells came from a music background too so you know so how how would you say that got you to where you are now if it did from a being a and r interns I clocked straight away there was different types of interns there was interns that sat there and listened to music being sent to them all day, every day, mm-hmm. and just listened to them. And there was there was A and R's that would mm-hmm. be out here with these artists listening, like having their ear, so they know. Like it's it's very different to have seeing an artist's impact when you're sitting there with headphones on or listening with a speaker listening, and then seeing it live and seeing what it actually does to a crowd. That's the difference. And that's what I knew. I was like, well, I want to be that type of ear law. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the ear law that just sits there. Like, because I love that. And then I love sitting there with the artist and actually sitting in the creative process and understanding what's next. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you creating this song? What's the purpose of this song? How is it going to add with the project that you're working with? You see what I'm saying? These are the questions I ask. As mm-hmm. a consumer, that's my, like, that's what I do. Isn't it? I, I sit there and listen to a project and I want to, I have all of these questions that need to be answered. That's why I feel like yeah. whenever my friends send me music, they always know I'm going to be so critical. It's just, and it, I don't mean it. It's just, it's just. But that's good though. You'd rather someone be critical than just say everything's fine. I think yeah. I'd rather that. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. Otherwise, like obviously it can be like a bit, oh no, brutal at first. No, if you send something no, to but someone. See, that's the thing. I'm I'm not the person. I'm not gonna say it so bluntly, you know. I'm not gonna be like, come on, man. That's it. Like, but I'm gonna be like, uh, it could be better. <laughs> if he did this, 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 that would be sick. <laughs> That's what I would say. That's me. Yeah. Would you say that there's anyone in particular that inspired you or any kind of role model you had? Not necessarily in terms of just A and R, but maybe someone who's just helped shift shift the way that you see things. Uh like someone like Noel Clark, like I said, for me is uh, is definitely a role model. Like, cause I, I would okay for me, someone like Getz is a role model. Someone like 
because he like he understood mm-hmm. like producing content DVD all these years later we're gonna watch it like Risky Rose right now is something that people care about but go back then there was probably about a hundred thousand people that cared about grime <laughs> you get mm-hmm. into now where there's at least in different countries people love grime do you see what I'm saying so you see what mm-hmm. I'm saying you can educate yourself and see all of these yeah. people's foundations online now and he he understood that all the way then do you see what I'm saying so yeah like those those are type of people yeah I'd say yeah yeah I'm sick of that and someone like Chip someone like Chip as well someone like Chip yeah I feel like he's somebody that doesn't get the recognition he deserves for somebody so young to go independently and produce so many different types of songs understand yeah and he understood why he did it that's that's the difference like lots of young people just create songs just mm-hmm. just make songs and then the label just pushes it to the audience it's meant to but he he was saying I'm gonna do this for this and then this for this and then at the same time I'm still gonna do this for this audience here you see what I'm saying like he understood and that's a different work rate that's a completely different work rate. Mm-hmm. he's so talented too so in terms of, you know, like in terms of sort of music management or any kind of like executive levels within the creative industries, do you feel as though there's like enough diversity? See, I, I, I feel like, I feel like this is the problem, yeah. The main problem is that the people that are in labels, a lot of them yeah. have X amount of years experience in the role. Like, there are quite a few new ones now, but if we go back, let's just say, 10 years, there's been no, like, we will say, all most, like, let's say a good 80% of the people that are working labels have been there for at least 20 years plus. Mm-hmm. They've worked with all these different labels and all these genres, sorry. Mm-hmm. So they probably only know rock, pop, you see what I'm saying? So now rap is becoming a thing and it's now like the biggest genre and it's signing those. Marketing isn't pushing it in someone's face or paying for YouTube ads so that mm. it comes up. Like, you see what I'm saying? That's not marketing, is it? Marketing is actually trying to get the song to the people. Like, that's why I like yeah. people like Heady Ones, like label ones, because mm. you can see he spent time to connect with the people. Yeah. somebody actually caring about that you see what I'm saying marketing you see what I'm saying so I feel like firstly most labels have to the owners themselves are predominantly white so that in itself means are they going to particular genres like that's why that's why for example um Island now Def Jam um, yeah Island Records they create a new UK one right Mm-hmm. I, don't, you know, I can't remember um, yeah they signed Stormzy Stormzy was the first person I think no not Ireland sorry Def Jam yeah. Def Jam UK sorry <laughs> yeah but they signed Stormzy and I think it's Twin and somebody else and that mm-hmm. makes sense you see what I'm saying like the same time the same way when Def Jam originally signed Jay-Z to become head executive of the label it made sense he knows how to make hits and he knows about rap so mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying it's like it's sometimes employing those types of people within those types of genres. But I would feel like in most genres of music, uh, if artists, like for example, I can't tell you that many artists 
um, that many ANRs that have ANRs rock acts or or like you see what I'm saying so, so that type of genre already becomes a different thing because I'm, I'm I have I'd have no knowledge of that you see what I'm saying so I won't talk about that but within this genre I would say there's there is a lack however because we have streaming services now it makes it easier for you to distribute yourself and create your own label. Yeah, I think it is crazy. I mean, especially because, you know, as you were saying, rap and urban music is so big now, like huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the predominant streaming. Yeah, I mean, it's like all anyone listens to these days. And, you know, that being like, yeah. (laughs) And like that being the biggest. And yet, you know, a lot of the times when you look at the heads of record labels, they're still like old white men <laughs> been in the industry for like their so entire lives and I think you know when you see these people and they're capitalizing off this culture so much and it just feels a bit you know that they don't really represent what the music should stand for but, in a way but this is what I'm trying to say it's complicated because at the same time right now uh if somebody owns a restaurant yeah Regardless of their ethnicity, if they make the particular type of food and it's nice, would you? Mm-hmm. You will still eat it. You see what I'm saying? It's got nothing. It, it makes no difference. And that's kind yeah. of like with music. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like the late the label owner is here, and all he does is just yeah foresee everything else that's being run, and he employs a particular person for that job essentially. So that's why it's complicated. Like I'm a person that I I do believe though, I do believe if you don't create the opportunity yourself as somebody that is an ethnic minority, nine times out of 10, you won't see that opportunity. Like it's not, it's not visible. It's like, it's not there in front of you. Like, oh, I can do this and achieve this and then I'll get that job. You see what I'm saying? It's not, you have to do it yourself. And then people will be like, oh, okay. Then I might need you to do this for me. You see what I'm saying? That's nine times out of 10 what happens. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, when like you were younger, did you did you always see yourself working in this way? I guess um, since you did film, maybe not. No, 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 no. I, but... see, I always knew I was going to do both. Like I'm still going to, for me, I still want to be a director. It's just... Yeah. In, okay, so this is what I realised. Yeah, so this is what I'm trying to say, my life plan. <laughs> so <laughs> I kind of figured out from studying film and doing film and all those things, like, most directors, like actual mm-hmm. feature films and then actual big budgeted films, most of those directors are between, let's say, 27 and 35. Between, and that's when feature films with 100,000 plus budget and like a feature films, and actual films like with like, I don't know, 10 mil plus. Now, the problem is they don't trust directors with that amount of money because they need... It's regardless of what you've produced, like you can produce constant films, yeah. But until you reach a certain age, they're not going to trust you unless you have a family member that's a big actor, or you've got the plug with the executive producer that's going to fund everything. Regardless, it's fine. You see what I'm saying? So I thought, okay, let me work on music, producing all of these types of content, and at the same time, eventually I'll make it there because I still direct all of the session episodes an executive producer you see what I'm saying and I still direct all the other content so you see what I'm saying like if you if you think diversity is mad in music yeah listen I have so many mad experiences in film like being on sets and the way people communicate with you 
And that's because I'm firstly the only black person. Secondly, I'm about like 60, 17. And you're like, oh my God. That's like, I designed a set. It's for like some Swedish Disney show. It was, yeah, it, was just, it was random. But, um, and I went there and I met like she, like the woman, she brought me in. She was like, oh, here's the set you designed. I was like, oh my God. Cause I've never seen a set that I've designed yeah. actually been produced in it. Like, was, mm-hmm. wow, this is amazing. And then, I met the director, I met everyone there. And then um, he was just like to me, oh, did you, yeah, you produce this. Yeah, stick to this. What do you want to do when you grow up though? I want to be a director. No, 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 don't be a director, do this. Every, all of us want to be a director. He said, all of us wanted to be a director. And I was just like, <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like 16. I'm just like, what? <laughs> Why would you say that to me? <laughs> That's crazy. And then, yeah, and then I, th- I think I was like, where was I? I was standing by, yeah, so then I'm standing around the corner, like, while they're actually acting, and I think one of the actors, mind you, all the three actors, I think, were the same age as me, so Mm. one of the girls started talking to me, and we just, let's talk about something random, then she left, and then the casting director came over to me, was like, can you not talk to any of the cast, please, and I was just like, "What, what, what did I do? Yeah, I had no idea why, but like that whole experience made me feel uncomfortable. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. when I constantly filmed from then on and I was on set, I was always the only black guy. Unless it was a mm-hmm. rap video, I was the only black guy. And that's, that's I don't even like that mm-hmm. mentality. You see what I'm saying? It's like, it's just yeah. showcased the lack mm-hmm. of representation, essentially. Exactly. And I think the lack of representation as well makes it unattractive you know to ethnic minorities yeah 100% 100%. like as you said it's not a comfortable experience that you don't want to think of yourself in that way 100% and you don't want to go on to set and you know be told this and all that stuff and I think that just naturally yeah it's just like you're young and you don't want Mm -hmm. you don't want to you're just thinking okay it's a deterrent and you're just like okay I'm not yeah here for it (laughs) I think it's a lot about not because you don't see like other people who look like you you know working that role especially when like growing up and stuff like that like you don't see you in certain areas and that just stops you from wanting to do it like it just makes the whole thing less attractive to you and I think that's like a big issue but it's something that's just super it's like gotten to the point where it's just so deep-rooted sometimes especially in certain industries where it's hard to like think of that's the problem that's the problem yeah only when you produce things yourself that's when it becomes easier it's like okay but then nine times out of ten the problem is we then produce content and then sell it over to someone else (laughs) and then the same problem applies (laughs) as you said it's so much easier for independent artists to distribute things themselves now Um, and obviously there's so many independent artists who are so successful too Um, and you know especially like I guess filmmakers as well you know it's just it's a lot easier for people to get their own stuff out now with like the internet and social media and you can pay for certain packages Mm-hmm. And if I produce a short film right now, I can submit, I could pay like $300 and submit it to like 500 film festivals all around the world <laughs> that fit the exact criteria of what the film, what genre, everything. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it's way easier than yeah. like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Especially like, even like 10 years ago or so, like you just wouldn't be able to do something like that. Like, like being a, like independent 10, 10 years ago. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. 10 years ago, 
even like I said, something like Kiddlehood, when you mm. watch it now, you can see how much of a little budget was given to produce that film compared mm. to all of its counterparts. And why is that? Is it because of the demographic they're reaching out to? Mm-hmm. Is that because of, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you ask yourself these questions now because you're an adult and it, like, you can actually think about it. Before then, you're just watching for entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that maybe that's like, as, you know, time goes on and like so many, like, things within media and like the internet progress, like even the fucking rise of TikTok over the past yeah. year has opened so many yeah. doors, especially in terms yeah. of music. I think yeah, yeah. TikTok's influence on the music industry is absolutely crazy. I was yeah. listening to the radio the other day and I don't really listen to the radio that often unless I'm like yeah. in the car. But yeah, um, yeah. like I was just listening to like Radio One and every single song they played was a song that had been a TikTok trend. Yeah. Every single song they played. Yeah. Yeah. And then that was the first time, because obviously I knew that TikTok has like such an influence in the music yeah, industry, yeah, but yeah. that was the first time it proper. No like, concerts, there's no concerts out here, man. There's no concerts out here, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only form of entertainment. Like these, and that's the thing, it's like, there's a certain demographic that's on there that mm-hmm. can't be elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's because it's so young, all you do need is a certain dance or certain thing that people mm-hmm. actually genuinely like. And it just, you know what I'm saying? Before you know it, you can be viral. <laughs> is there anything that you think you're particularly excited about coming up? Uh, well, I want this lockdown to finish, to be honest. Yeah, I want this lockdown to finish, to be honest. Um, yeah, so I want a session. I want to have a session party. So, like, have artists that were on the session to perform. Once this lockdown's finished, yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, like they always they keep extending it, but well, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know, but yeah, that's that's yeah. the next thing, yeah. On a sort of concluding note, um, do you have any words for anyone, anyone who might be looking, who's in the industry, in the creative industry, might be looking to get into it, um, or wanting anything like that? Produce content yourself. Like try to like like don't 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 make excuses to why you can't create stuff you can always produce something there's 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 word <laughs> there's <laughs> blog pages there's like whether you're a journalist whether you're an a and like it could be anything like mm-hmm. there's there's always things that you can do and actually creating an opinion mm-hmm. and finding your audience that actually care about your opinion is the first steps towards that so yeah, that's what I'd say. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you. Thank you. And a huge thank you to everybody else for tuning into this week's episode of the Weekly Injection. And I look forward to speaking to you again next week. <laughs>